0: Hey friends, you're listening to the very first episode of Bizarre & Bilingual, a podcast about all things strange and spooky from Latin America and the diaspora. I'm your host, Ricky Cintron. I decided to start this podcast because from a very young age, I've been fascinated by the paranormal. As a kid, I read book after book about ghosts, strange creatures, UFO sightings, and bizarre phenomena. It's only now that I'm older that I've noticed that so much of the paranormal media out there is produced mostly by white folks. Take, for example, all those ghost shows you see on television. They're usually interviewing a white person about their experiences being haunted by, wait for it, a dead white person. Every so often on these shows, a person of color would be interviewed, but it's usually one episode a season. Now, I can say for myself, as a Latino, that I've experienced and seen some really weird-ass shit. Folks like my mom, my abuela, my friends, and my neighbors all have stories that to this day scare the shit out of me. Latinx culture is full of spooky stories and legends, and I'm so excited to be sharing them with you on this show. Now, I'm yo, so, of course, I'm taking you to my island for our first episode. So settle in and do whatever it is that you do when you listen to podcasts. Personally, I like to eat a snack, but hey, you might be listening to this on your way to work or something. For this story, though, you might want to grab some garlic and holy water just in case. Puerto Rico is home to over 3.4 million people and is made up of 78 municipalities. One of these small towns is Moca, which is located on the northwest part of the island, about a two-hour journey from San Juan. It's a community of about 40,000 people, and a number of folks there are farmers either growing fruits or raising livestock. And it's on these farms where, in 1975, something dark, would creep into the town of Mocha, causing terror night after night, for nearly six months before disappearing as quickly as it came. It began in February of that year. A farmer one morning found nearly 20 of his animals dead, the majority of which were cows. All of the dead bodies shared two unsettling details, deep puncture wounds and the complete absence of blood. Locals suspected that perhaps a dog could have killed the animals, but it's unlikely that a dog could have drained all the blood out of a cow, let alone 15 of them. A local newspaper took this story and ran with it, giving the mysterious killer a name. El vampiro de moca. The Mocha vampire. On March 7, 1975, farmer Ray Jimenez found one of his cows dead from a puncture wound in its skull. By then, the attacks were starting to become nearly regular occurrences, and over 30 animals had died from nighttime encounters with this supposed vampire. And everyone in town must have been talking about it. Perhaps they watched their animals a little bit more closely. I certainly wouldn't have blamed them. No one had yet seen or noticed any trace left behind of this killer, except for the puncture wounds in the flesh of its victims. One night in March, MOCA resident Maria Avesedo heard something pecking on the roof of her house, and then at the window. It was then that she sighted what was making so much noise. She described it as some kind of large bird, and reported that the thing, whatever it was, let out an otherworldly screech before flying away into the night. A lot of questions were in the air at this point, and the explanations offered didn't pan out. For example, many of the residents thought that the killings would end once Luis Torres, a local farmer, killed two large boa constrictors. But snakes can't suck blood, let alone kill an animal as big as a cow. Maybe it was a human. But how could someone inflict such precise puncture wounds on these animals, completely drain them of their blood, and leave no evidence behind? And why would they want to do that in the first place? What about the bizarre bird that lurked around Maria Acevedo's house? Was it responsible for all this vampiric violence? I really like alliteration, I'm sorry. The case only produces more questions than answers from here. On March 12th, Luis Torres, the same man who killed the snakes mentioned earlier, was with two of his family members when he saw something unusual in the sky. He described it as an object with flashing lights that were like police siren lights. The object appeared to pass over some of the fields where animals had been found dead previously. Just three days later, on March 15th, resident Cecilio Hernandez reported that 34 of his chickens had been killed. 34 chickens. Dead. In one night. That's some scary shit. Three nights later, Hector Vega found some of his goats dead. The vampire was apparently very fond of Vega's goats, as the following night an additional 10 were killed, and 10 more simply disappeared without a trace. Then on March 23rd, Felix Badillo found a piglet on his property that was drained of blood, and strangely also reported that one of its ears had been sliced off, noting that the cut had been made with surgical precision. Strangely, Badillo's guard dog was on the premises the whole night, and hadn't made any noise to indicate that something was wrong. Later, on March 25th, resident Juan Munez was outside, perhaps taking a walk, when he had a frightful encounter with something he described as a, quote, horrible creature covered in feathers, end quote. Hoping to scare the thing off, he threw rocks at it, but that only caused the creature to angrily swoop down and attack him. Juan managed to escape and came back to the area with some other townsfolk, armed and ready to shoot down whatever this thing was and perhaps put an end to its reign of terror. But unfortunately, the creature was not seen again. By April, the vampire decided to ditch Moca and explore the rest of Puerto Rico, starting in Guaynabo, where it killed a pig. Its next stop was in Corozal, at the farm of Isaúro Melgar, where it killed several goats and rabbits. Not to be intimidated, Isaúro and some of his neighbors decided to stake out and wait for the creature to show up. On the night of April 5th, the farmer and his companions were frightened by a bizarre sound that seemed to fill the air. They couldn't determine where it originated. Suddenly, a dark shape was seen darting through the trees. Whatever it was, it was responsible for killing several more of Isauro's goats. More reports of killings came in from Guanabo and Aguadilla, Meanwhile, reports of strange lights in the skies above Puerto Rico continued to come in. It didn't take much for folks to make a connection between the UFOs in the sky and the vampire stalking the towns below. Unknown lights were reported as far away as Fajardo on the east coast of the island and Coupe, a barrio of San Juan the UFO reported in Coupé left evidence of its visit. The ground where residents spotted the object hovering above was later discovered to have been scorched by some kind of intense heat. On the night of May 17, 1975, UFOs were spotted in three different locations in the San Juan metro area, first by residents in Rio Pietras, and then over the Castillo San Cristobal in Old San Juan, and then in Condado. Meanwhile, the attacks continued. By mid-June, 25 animals were killed in Isabela, followed by 14 roosters in the town of Yauco. And then, by the start of August, it all stopped. No more deaths, no more strange lights. The Moca vampire and his extraterrestrial entourage left town, while the residents of Puerto Rico tried to make sense of it all. I have to imagine that, if I were a farmer. In addition to this, taking a huge toll on my revenue, waking up to seeing several of your animals lifeless, with no blood in their veins, with no indication as to why this happened or what could have done it, is absolutely horrifying. So what happened in 1975? Was it a vampire, like the press said? Was it some kind of bizarre bird, or was it something not of this earth? Government officials tried to pursue leads and offer possible explanations, but in the end, came up short. The residents of Mocha, who witnessed these events, had to go on with their lives, but I would think that the memories of that year will probably stay with them until they die. The stories of the Mocha vampire would resurface when, several decades later, a new phantom killer would appear on the scene. But I'll save that story for a future episode. For now, I'll leave you with one last report. Paranormal researcher Nick Redfern notes that while he was in Puerto Rico in 2005, he met a man named Pucho in a small town who shared with him a very frightening tale. The man was walking through town one night when he heard an incredibly loud, unearthly screech. In horror, he spotted something in the trees. It was a large, feathery beast. That's it for this episode of Bizarre and Bilingual. New episodes come out every other Wednesday. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends. You can find us on Facebook at Bizarre Bilingual and on Twitter and Instagram at Babpod. That's B-A-B-P-O-D. Do you have a story of your own to share? Or do you want to just send a little love note? Well, you can email the show at bizarreandbilingual at gmail.com. I'm hoping to share listener stories on the show later on, so please send me your stories. Thanks for listening, friends. Until next time, stay weird.